Ever wonder what those sparkly dots are up there? Pumba, I don't wonder. I know. Oh, what are they? They're fireflies. Fireflies that uh, got stuck up in that big bluish black thing. Oh, gee. I always thought they were balls of gas burning billions of miles away. Pumba, with you, everything's gas. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa! <laughs> This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from... 1994. Hey, everybody. Welcome Woo! to the show. Uh, I would like to say hey, especially to me, because it's my birthday. Yeah. Well, not to jump ahead, but yes. <laughs> uh, while we're recording this, it is not your birthday, but when you're listening to this, uh, this is being released on your birthday. Yes. So, happy birthday to me! Happy birthday! Uh, finally, fifty. Shut up! No, I'm not. That's rude. <laughs> you so look great for fifty, that. though. Thanks. You can bleep this if you want, but you can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You know what? Fair. I I feel like I deserve that. So yeah. So we figured we saw the calendar. We saw how things were going to line up coming up in the future. I'm not going to tell you when we recorded this, but it's we didn't record it live on your birthday, but this is out. Yep. So. What better time, really, to do the show and to do uh, this version of a show than for your birthday? So we're doing another dealer's choice. Yes. Yes, now, we are. Will it be soul crushing when I win this dealer's choice? I am th- uh, I've, oh, three for oh. Three for oh? What? Undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> you say things in such a girl way. Like, you know, the Red Sox are up right now. Two to nine. <laughs> they have nine. That's not. No one says things. Like that. I care about the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm undefeated of three in the, yes. in the dealer's choice thus far. Yeah. So this is our fourth not. attempt at the dealer's choice. I am yet to win one. I'm not um, saying the wheel is rigged. I yeah, definitely yeah. do not know how to rig a wheel. So. No. Well, the wheel, it's a 50-50 wheel. You know, all the spokes are one or the other. Now, because mm-hmm. it's your birthday, we're going to bring out the special dealer's choice birthday wheel. Yes. So instead of having a 50-50 chance on the wheel, you do have a 75-25 chance. Yes. So... You know, it's it looks better in your favor, but yeah, I mean, just the odds are with me, right? Like sooner or later, I'm going to win one of these. Are you no. excited at the prospect of me winning? Because uh, you know, strap in, we're going to do uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre New Generation or whatever movie. I'm I'm very nervous about what you're going to make me talk about. It's got McConaughey. I'm going to win, and that's what we're going to talk about. So to be clear, I have I've chosen things that I think are pretty, you know, universally beloved, like the movie Speed. Four Weddings and a Funeral, Bravo! and an episode of The X-Files. I made this. All, again, universally beloved, accessible to all people and yeah. all things. So, yeah. No, I mean, I realize if I win the dealer's choice, we're going to talk about things no one wants to talk about. <laughs> I'm fully, fully prepared to do that. And I'm confident that's true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so fingers crossed. But like, you know, there are other things to talk about. So, so yeah. we'll see. But uh, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's see. Here we go.
Oh yeah, that's not a surprise. Sarah wins again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's my birthday. What if I if I lost on my birthday, I would still expect you to give me the choice. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we've totally blown by my birthday. I'd like to point out during the <laughs> yes. course of this this podcast. Well, it wasn't on a Monday when no, it, it when an episode came out. But happy yeah. belated birthday, boats. Thanks. I I do. I think that when my birthday lands on a Monday, I think it's like twenty twenty four. Well, we can I can get that one of those. So when we're doing it, happened one year, nineteen fifty one. I'll get to choose for that. So. That'd be an interesting year. That's down down the road. That's down yeah. the road at least. So, yeah. all right. Well, here we go. Dealer's Choice Part Four on your birthday. Yes. What are we talking about? What do you yeah. What do you want to get into today? So, I wanted to do more episodes of the X Files, but I thought maybe that would be t- too much. Too I was much. I was fully prepared to talk about the X-Files again. <laughs> like <laughs> that we're going to do every episode that aired in 94. You can just hear my joy in that episode because nobody has ever let me just talk about the X-Files that much except for you, but certainly not that anybody else would ever hear. Like I am just effusive by the end of that episode. It was so joyful. So I feel um, like when we met Jillian Anderson, you started going down that road with her where you were going to yes. like just start talking about episodes and even she yeah. was a bit like, "Oh my god." Like Not because I was so weird. I think she panicked because she doesn't remember a lot from the show. Let's point let's just be clear about that fair that you would actually could start telling her things all right we're going to clarify this you can cut this if you want to but what actually happened is that i asked her to sign something for a friend of mine with a quote from the show Ah. and that's when she panicked and i said don't worry i'm gonna tell you the quote and she was like oh okay good that's what happened don't make me look crazier than i am i'm crazy enough as it's fair enough Anyway, so, okay, so I was thinking about what to do for this episode, and we come at a lot of events and whatever from 1994, even though we were young, like I was, again, 10 and 11 in 1994, and you were four years older than I'm. Yeah. But I wanted to pick something that we actually, at least I experienced real time and something that was really targeted toward me. Like I was the target audience for this, maybe a little old, but the target audience, eh, probably close. Oh. Yeah, probably. yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Um, but something that I, I remember, I remember enjoying, I remember like participating in, in 1994. So I think it's just easy to talk about movies and TV shows on the dealer's choice. Cause we don't do any preparation. Although I did make you watch this movie recently. So that certainly wasn't preparing for the dealer's choice. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk about the Lion King. The Lion King nice. came out in 1994 it was, a, you know, as a kid, it was a kid's movie. It was like the biggest thing of all time at the time. And, and I think, it, you know, we can talk about it both from like what it meant and da, 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 but also at, at having experienced it in 1994. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think The Lion King has a lot of interesting stuff around it, besides the fact that it's like just a really fun movie and it's become this beloved classic. So, yes. uh, yeah, I think this is a good a good choice. And it was always something we had to get around to talking yes. to about in 94. Yes, and nothing says happy birthday like celebrating the birth of Simba. <laughs> is mm, he? That's it's a pretty circle good. Of life boats. Yeah, no, it is. I think the the second line to that song is "and you're getting old." Like, yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> so let's put it in the context because I think that The Lion King does come at an interesting time for Disney and for animated movies in general. So leading up to The Lion King, yeah, um, in those previous five years. Disney is now uh, is fully back, right? Like they are making like certified classics again. Disney was hot. Yeah, they were doing well. Yeah, especially coming on coming on the heels of the 70s and 80s when they didn't have a ton of great animated movies. Like this is not a great time for Disney. Yeah. Yeah. I I used to know this. What was right before The Lion King? 
All right. So in the in the five years before The Lion King, yeah. you've got The Little Mermaid comes out in 89. Yes. Amazing. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is 91. Yes. Aladdin's 92. Yes. And uh, The Lion King's 94. Oh, yeah. Aladdin. So Aladdin was the one right before. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it was like a year and a half earlier. So like they were still putting out movies pretty consistently in the 80s. Yeah. Not great movies. Like I think the, the last Disney movie before, and I could be wrong, I think before The Little Mermaid, the last Disney movie was Oliver and Company. Um, which isn't great. Like it's, it's, it's a kind of a weird retelling of the Dickens Oliver, but with yeah. dogs and cats and it's just kind of dumb. And it's got Billy Joel songs. It's a, it's a very eighties product and it's not a great movie. Yeah. And then otherwise they had things like the black cauldron and the rescuers sequel, I think was somewhere around this same time. It just, it's not a great, there's not a great product that the Fox and the Hound was at the beginning of the eighties, which I think is a pretty good movie, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the rare movie in this group. So I was the target audience for all of those. I, I love The Little Mermaid. Aladdin is amazing. And Beauty and, the, Beauty and the Beast was always my favorite, right? Yeah. I really identified with Belle, which shouldn't be a surprise because she read books. Sure. Didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> and I was like, nah, that girl, maybe I'll find a beast someday. It's weird. Nice. Um. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, but then when The Lion King finally came out, like, I don't remember seeing those other movies in theaters. Oh, um, I, I must have, but I don't remember it. We didn't go. I think we've talked about this before. We didn't go to the movies a ton. But I remember the first time I saw The Lion King in theaters, I was in Florida mm. with my parents visiting my grandparents. And I went with I, I don't remember who all was there, but I know my aunt was there. And I had to go to the bathroom during the sequence during Hakuna Matata. I went to the bathroom during Hakuna Matata. Oh, no. How terrible is that? I came back and he was an adult and I was like what happened <laughs> boy a lot of time passed this is like that time we went and saw that movie what was it the a history of violence what was no what was the movie a, a most a violent, violent year yeah yeah and I go up I get up to go to the bathroom and we'll do this a lot when we go to movies but I'll one of us goes to the bathroom and comes back and says what happened just like as almost as a joke like because I've gotten for what a minute and a half but in that movie I got up to go to the bathroom I come back and I say to Sarah, uh, oh, what happened? She goes, Jessica Chastain died, <laughs> which doesn't happen in that movie. At least I don't remember. It doesn't certainly oh, didn't happen in that part of the movie. But then she just starts cracking die. up. <laughs> that she was, was like us. the main character. Yeah, she's like yeah. the secondary main character. Oh, that was great. Right. Anyway, I don't know why that reminded me of that moment. So. Yeah, yeah. We talk about that moment. I, I like to bring that joke up a lot. I thought it was yeah. really good. Yeah. So so I like I remember going to see The Lion King, which is like the first one that I remember going to see. Like no, I so I remember as a kid, I don't remember seeing a lot of Disney movies in theaters until Beauty and the Beast. So like when I'm like, you know, a single digit child, I just remember there being a lot of re-releases in the 80s that I yes. like, but not new movies. I remember seeing Cinderella and I, I think the 101 Dalmatians had a big re-release in the 80s. Yes, I feel like I remember going to see 101 Dalmatians in theaters, too, but like. Yeah. Uh, that seems weird because it wasn't out there, but it well, must have had a re-release. Yeah. Yeah. Disney re-released a lot of stuff in theaters in that era. And I wonder if it is because their products weren't actually that good at this point and yeah. things were, you know, honestly, after Walt Disney dies in the sixties, there's really not a lot of great Disney movies that were made for a while. Like I think the last movie he was involved in at all was the jungle book. Yeah. And, and I, he, I think he dies a couple years before that movie comes out. But like that was the last movie he had any influence on. Right. Yeah. And like they still made some good movies. Like it wasn't like their movies were all worthless. It's just that their 70s movies just aren't as good. Like it's there's a, a clear drop off from that era to the other one. Yeah. And then I think what they really credit the resurgence of Disney was 
uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who then was yeah. like a big executive there. And his era ends more or less with the Lion King. So because then yeah. he leaves to do DreamWorks. Yeah. And then again, you can see how Disney's movies again drop right off. But we'll, we can get to later Disney yeah. after. But well, so it was interesting. I was reading a little bit about this in anticipation of winning the dealer's choice, which sure. of course I was going to do on my birthday. And like this, the idea for the Lion King was kind of created while they were doing press for something else. It, it might have been Oliver and Company, but I feel like it wasn't. I feel like it was a different movie. Anyway, they were doing press for some movie in 88. Oh. And it was Roy Disney, Katzenberg. And I think there was another person associated with it. But the, like the story goes that they were like on press and like having chats and they came up with this idea for the Lion King. And what I thought was hilarious is Katzenberg said that the Lion King was like, in some ways, his own story. And I want to, I want to know how, how, how is that? I mean, what did your uncle kill your father? Probably not. So, right? I mean, if there's anyone who could say that the Lion King is their story, it's Hamlet, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it's Hamlet's story. But okay, okay, Katzenberg. He so. was like, "Is really like me? Like, did you make good friends with a warthog? Like, what?" <laughs> What you I played a warthog as a kid and it was great. And, you know. and it said it, the, the article I was reading linked it to his political career, which I don't know anything about, but I was like, how? No. no. I don't know anything about Kat, about that end of Katzenberg's life. Either. <laughs> like, my uncle was eaten by hyenas? I don't know. Like, anything. Anything's possible. That's weird. But no, but that th- this stretch of movies, they're great stretch of movies. Yeah. That's all kind of under the Katzenberg, you know, watch. And then when he leaves... The next movie they made was Pocahontas, which yeah, Pocahontas had a big press. I mean, they knew what they were doing by the time The Lion King comes out. Yeah, because I think most people would agree The Lion King is not necessarily the best movie from that group. Like, it's a great movie. Yeah, but you're coming on the back of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, which are both great. And then Aladdin, for its flaws, is a really entertaining movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. And I, more so, I would say, than The Lion King. Oh, yeah. It's just The Lion King has that kind of grandeur and those those big operatic songs. Yeah. And so, and but, just, but it had that big press. Like, that was the big yeah. push with that movie is that it was yeah. such a big deal when it came out. I, but I would say, like, The Lion King, if you compare it to what was strong about The Little Mermaid, what was strong about Beauty and the Beast, what was strong about Aladdin, it doesn't measure up. Like, it's not as funny as Aladdin. It's not as sweet as Beauty and the Beast. And yeah. I don't. I don't know. Why do people like The Little Mermaid? I really like The Little Mermaid, but I'm not sure why. Um, because the, the principle of the story, I generally disagree with. Like, oh, she has to sell her voice to marry a guy. No, get, get out of here. Not interested. <laughs> but I love it. But I, maybe it's the songs. Like, I, maybe yeah. it's the songs. I mean, anyway. I think most of these movies ride on the fact that they have great songs. Like, yeah. all four yeah. of these movies have great songs. It's totally. just Beauty and the yeah. Beast is the perfect animated movie. Like, it's just yes. it's a, and it's Agreed. a perfect Disney movie. It's a fairy tale and it just works great. And I think The Little Mermaid has pieces of that. Aladdin is just the, the the strength of the personality of that movie. Like yeah. ev- the characters are so much fun and, and Robin Williams makes the movie, but yeah, but that's what drives that movie. And then the Lion King is kind of a combination of all of that in a lot yeah. of ways. Like that's just where that is. But, but if, if they have different strengths at 10, the Lion King has all of those at seven and a half. You right. know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it, it just like cumulate and, and Elton John, it's Elton John. Like yeah. I think without Elton John, this movie would have been much less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other movies, as I recall, the like creative teams that did the songs and such were similar people. uh, But like Howard Ashman had died, I want to say he did the the Beauty and the Beast songs and you still had. Oof, I'm going to get some of these people wrong. I I, want to say Tim Rice might have also done some of the music. Steven Schwartz maybe did some of the music, but like they had big name people who were working on these songs for these movies. 
And then by the time you get to the Lion King, most of those people had left. And so they brought in Tim Rice, who is an yeah. all time musical guy like and elton john so like you know but who's a, a a great you know songwriter yeah so yeah like i think that's how the lion king works and again it does have this majesty to it like there is this grandeur to that movie that you don't see in most animated movies yeah i mean i would say the first couple minutes that that introductory sequence oh is as God. good a beginning of an animated yeah. movie that's ever been made like it's so sweeping the, the, yeah. the rest of the movie almost can't hold up to it. Yes. Because the rest of the movie is so wants to be that first couple of minutes and, and yeah. really struggles because it does swing wildly between being Shakespearean and then a, an unbelievable number of fart jokes. Yes. Yes. It, while I enjoyed it at the time, the moment in the climax where Timon is trying to convince the hyenas to eat Pumbaa, like they're creating, yeah. and he does this like hula dance with a song that I, I remembered when I saw it. I was like, this does not feel like it belongs here. No. Like it's really distracting almost. But at the time as a kid, I was just like, oh, that's hilarious. Look at how yeah, yeah. silly he is. And he's singing a silly song, right? But when we when we rewatched it, I was like, oh my God, like that is really, like that is the swing you're talking about. Right. And like so much of the movie has that. Like I yeah. like side, I like comic relief characters and side characters and you know, you've got Zazu's hilarious and yeah. you've got Timon and Pumbaa are, are fantastic, Amazing. but yeah. it doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie. No. And so watching it now is it's kind of jarring, like how wildly yeah. it swings between these two tones where it is this very dark movie. And so you need this kind of stuff for a kid's yeah. movie. If, imagine without that, what that would be. Yeah. But, but it, it is a really a tonally all over the place movie. Yeah. And th that really is held together as a musical better than as a, sh a straight story in any yeah. real way. I think some of that is just the weight of Mufasa in this movie, like yeah. James Earl Jones. And, and he's like the driving force of the plot. I'm tr I was trying to look even over this era of movies. I was trying to think back of, is there anything analogous to that? And the closest you get is, is Triton, Triton, Triton in, in the little mermaid Ariel's yeah, father. Right? right. But he is, he's kind of secondary to the plot, right? Like he's always yeah. a factor, but not this like weight of like my dead father. Like, how do you put that in a Disney movie right, and then right. put that up against comic relief? It was almost like they swung the pendulum too far on the Shakespearean side of things yeah. to make it to, because it, it is like this majesty and grandeur and weight to this movie yeah. that, I probably drove some of the popularity because it was made it more compelling to adults to like, you know, be engaged and it's emotional and it's, you know, all of that. But yeah. it, it is like an intense movie to show kids. Like when yeah. Mufasa dies, it is like, Oh, that whole, intense. that whole stampede sequence is, oh my is God. Hey, it's an amazing bit of animation. Like that is a mm. thrilling animated sequence, but it yeah. is really heavy. Like, and it's really scary. Like, again, yeah. I was 14. So like by this point I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. in that age where I was going to be like real, you know, jarred by what I'm seeing. But yeah. for little kids, like that has to be a really scary yeah. uh, patch of, of film, like between yeah. the, the peril that Simba's in to then yeah. Scar killing Mufasa. Like, yeah, I mean, I can't even really think of another, even though Disney movies tend to have yeah. villains who are doing nefarious things. I can't think of another one where you have a lot of straight, like murdering of the main characters yeah. in no. this animated thing. Like, you know, I mean, you have villains who die at the end of a lot of Disney movies, but yeah. I don't I can't think of another one who's like 
straight up slaying characters in yeah. the film. So Slay, slaying the, the good characters, right? right As right, part of right. yeah. 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 No, and not in such a dramatic way. Like they're I would I'm I'm now generalizing because I can't think of any specific movies, but I would imagine like people die by potions or they spells and da da da. da. But like yeah. this is like I hook my claws into you, I drop you into a ravine of a stampede. Right. Like that yeah, is, and this is all on screen. Like this is yeah. not an off-screen thing that happens. No. Like it's a it's an amazingly no. uh, uh, ballsy move for an animated for a kids movie. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. funny what some of these movies do. Like everyone talks about Bambi's mother dying as being this like right. formative off-screen. thing, and yeah, off yeah. screen. But like there are also these moments that must be really scary to kids. So I was thinking about that, but I was also thinking about when, like, the final fight between Simba and Scar. There's this moment where Scar kind of comes through the fire at Simba, yeah, and it's really kind of like dramatic and scary. And it reminds me of we took my nephew to see his first movie um which was moana and at the end it's this like fire queen and she like crawls through the fire at the screen and it's really scary like the he he was fine his older sister was more freaked out than he was but like it is this really scary moment for kids where this woman like fire face of fire, like crawling toward you. Like, and that's what that scar moment felt like. He like jumped through the fire at the screen and like the story is heavy and and parts of it are scary for kids, but also some of the imagery is actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, no, it's that kind of, you know, made film and like figure where they were coming from after, after the last couple of movies. I mean, in a lot of ways, the Lion King does have the same feel as a lot of the previous couple films. Like they all end in a very similar way. Like there is this Mm -hmm. kind of like big coming together of all of these side hero characters to, to conquer over whatever the villain is like Mm -hmm. Aladdin has the same sort of ending. Mm -hmm. Beauty and the Beast has the exact same sort of ending. Like it's Mm -hmm. just the way it is. Right. And it's, it's a solid climax type of thing. Yeah. We figure Gaston is never a really, menacing villain he's such a goofball of a villain yeah and and that's kind of what makes i think that whole movie work if you had a a a grimmer harder villain in that part yeah i I think it would be a it would be a disorienting movie like where you're trying to deal with this major romance that's going on yeah and then aladdin jafar is kind of like over the whole film in in a different sort of way like he so is controlling everything that's going on yeah but then it's it's sort of punching down in a lot of ways though i would say to go back to Beauty and the Beast, the like kill the beast, Tiki Torch's mob scene is pretty yeah. scary. Like, yeah, but that's scary. way into the movie. Like, that's oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is Gaston's a different character by this point in the film. Like, yeah, totally. When you start getting into that final stretch, and then yeah. he really is this like real bad guy. Real it's villain. just they've yeah. set him up at this point to be pretty like likable in a weird way. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. just kind of funny, you know? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about villain songs and, you know, Scar has Be Prepared. We couldn't come up with a Jafar song. Yeah, doesn't really have one. Doesn't really have one. But Gaston has like the goofiest. And oh, and Ursula has that poor, unfo- unfortunate souls song. Yeah. Um, which is really like dramatic and minor key and, and all those things. But Gaston's song is goofy and silly and one of my favorite songs yeah. because it's so like, you know, jovial. I mean, it's set in a, in a beer hall, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's just kind of fun, you know? Yeah. And he yeah. pals around with LeFou, and, like, Loel LeFou is, like, is also yeah. his comic sidekick. They seem very much, like, equals in sensibility, right? Yeah. Like, there isn't, like... Like, Jafar isn't a funny character, and then... So you stick him with Iago, who's funny, and then it kind of creates that thing. Yeah. But Gaston doesn't really have that. Uh, Scar has the hyenas, but the hyenas 
and Scar don't pal around together until later into the movie. And they don't have a lot of interplay, you know, so yeah, it's not no. really the same thing. So, yeah, the general darkness of of The Lion King compared to some of these other movies. I think when yeah. you come out of those couple films, yeah, The Lion King and there are clearly The Lion King is going for a much a mm-hmm. much bigger story and a, a sort of a more sweeping epic story than than what they've been doing. And then you have those songs. Yeah. Right. Then it is this this blending of things together. I think even when I was younger, I always thought the beginning of The Lion King is a much better movie mm-hmm. than everything else. Because I, and I said this when we were watching it after Hakuna Matata, I couldn't really remember specific details of what happens. Like I know yeah. how it ends, but up until that point, when he's still young, that's the only part of the movie I think of. <laughs> yeah. I never think of Matthew yeah. Broderick Simba. I'm only thinking of JTT Simba. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Well, like, I mean, that's the other thing that I think contributed to the popularity of the film. While maybe like purely the film itself, I would rather watch, honestly, probably any of those other three before The Lion King. Yeah, but the but Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like the bomb at that time like he was everywhere and everything yeah from being on home improvement like uh-huh. it doesn't even make sense so uh, i think the other thing worth mentioning here is that the lion king did really change the way disney made animated movies in yeah. that regard because go go back to the yeah. any movie before that they might have one movie star one name and most of them have none but then they make the lion king and there are so many movie stars in that like legitimate name people who aren't yeah. voice actors who are just actors in that movie yeah and this is what they would do from then on. Like there, there isn't then another Disney movie without at least a bunch of names going forward. Like, I mean, okay, there's must... Robin Williams, but who else was in Aladdin of any well, real note? Like, right. That's, that's what I was thinking is they must have cast Robin Williams and been like, oh, holy shit, this is a great idea. We this is going to work. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. He's, Cause he raises all boats in that movie. Like yeah. without him, Aladdin is the return of Jafar. Like it's just nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't even know that it would, it would be still a probably fun movie because of the songs. But it's nothing. It wouldn't be anything by comparison to what the other movies were. Beauty but, and the Beast has I, Joanne Worley, I think, is in it. But no, no, it had um, Angela Lansbury. Oh, you do have. An- that's true. You do have Angela. Lansbury. That was the biggest name. She was the teapot. Like, that's yeah. not- and she's I mean, OK, so she's a that's a big get. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you got her Robin Williams. It, and I can't think of anybody else in Atlanta except for Gilbert Godfrey. Wait, wasn't the guy from Dirty Dancing in that, too? In Beauty and the Beast, he was like the 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 oh Jerry yeah, that's right Jerry Orbach yeah, plays Orbach. yeah, yeah. Hey, okay yeah. so I mean you got Jerry Orbach David Ogden Steers I want to say was Cogsworth right he was on Mash yeah I think there's something to the people who will get you pressed though like yeah. it's it's the skill of the actor right and and putting Robin Williams in Aladdin is probably the tipping point of between like I get a voice that that is you know meaningful and fits the character and art and like all that to i get someone who can i can send on the press circuit right and who will promote this movie right in a way that that people will pay attention to that you yeah. didn't have before well i mean i th- and i think that's the other thing with the lion king is that like you go back to beauty and the beast and aladdin both came out at christmas time which is a pretty significant thing because yeah. A, it sets them up for awards, even though these weren't those kind of movies. But Beauty and the Beast did get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. But The Lion King comes out in the teeth of the summer, in a summer where there are a ton of movies. Like, yeah. not, the 94 summer is is no joke. Like, that is that is hard to stand out. Yeah. And The Lion King becomes the movie. Like, it, it's such a big deal. It used to hold the record for its purse, the per screen average for its first weekend. Because I want to say its first weekend, they only had, like, it was only on two or three screens. And yeah. they did like 400 grand a screen or something. It, I don't know if this is still <laughs> yeah. the record, but for years, this was the record. And then, yeah, it was just this giant juggernaut yeah. of a movie in a summer that was not 
starving for movies. Yeah. But, but that was the thing is like, you put this out in the summer, let's put a bunch of movie stars in this movie, or at least notable names. Like at that point you've got, sure. You got James Earl Jones, you know, who's always a name, right? Yeah. Matthew Broderick, while he's also a big stage actor, still a big name, right? Uh, You've got Whoopi Goldberg in a very small part, a couple years after she just won an Oscar. Yeah. And she's just kind of in the movie, right? Yeah. Nathan Lane, who's again, a big stage person, but at this point was becoming like a, he's a known entity. Like he was a star, right? Was this before or after the birdcage? This is before the birdcage. Oh. By a couple years. I feel like the birdcage like flipped him over into. Oh, I mean, Nathan Lane is a much bigger star later, but he's still a star at this point. Like he was still a known person. Like this, this wasn't his first thing, right? Yeah. I, it's got Moira Kelly. Like, I, there's, there's just, there's enough people. Robert yeah. Guillaume plays Rafiki. Has what ten lines in the movie? Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Irons was also four years removed for an Oscar. Like, this is a huge <laughs> cast for an animated movie. Huge cast. And I, I honestly, going backwards, I can't think of a movie that has a number of big voice actors before this. Like, you can. I mean, movie. The yeah. Beauty of the Beast is a good example. I mean, the, Jerry Orbach was a real name person. Yeah. Angela Lansbury, but these are stage actors for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Like Angela Lansbury, I realized was in stuff, and so is Jerry Orbach, but yeah. they are mostly known as as doing Broadway style stuff, right? Yeah, and you can see elements of that in the in the Lion King casting too, right? Yeah. Like there's a good balance of like stardom, but also like real voice skill, which probably yeah. comes from being as on the stage, right? But now and now, so then go from there. To what they do for not let's not go all the way forward <laughs> yeah just you know non it's constant movie stars even yeah. toy story has just way too many names in it yeah, right? yeah but if you just go with pocahontas for no real good reason has mel gibson in it oh then, yeah that's right then you've got mulan is right around this time that has eddie murphy plays the dragon uh, to, which is so inconsequential that then when they remake the movie, they don't even include the dragon. I did not know that Eddie Murphy was. The, I've never yeah. seen Mulan. That's his first know. big voice where this is years before Shrek. He's the he plays the dragon in uh, in Mulan. And then you've got Hunchback, which I love the Hunchback cartoon, but yeah. it is drowning in just movie stars like that movie has Demi Moore in it for no good reason. And uh, uh, Jason Alexander is one of the gargoyles. And like, it's just, it's just yeah. teeming with ridiculous casting that, that works. I mean, it's a, I, I think the Hunchback's a fantastic movie, but, um, but this is just where they were headed. Like, this is just, yeah. we're going to start packing movie stars, whether they're right for it or not. Like, yeah, you can make a real case that voice wise, things are never the same for Disney movies after this. Like, yeah, they had great voice actors in the sixties and in the seventies that were just voice actors. And yeah. I think those movies are probably tone like better as far as yeah. sounding characters that way. Like, yeah, but, but you know, if you're going to start selling animated movies in the summer, you got to pack them with who you yeah. can. So. Yeah. I, I think that probably happened after though. Cause I think this movie doesn't sacrifice anything no. with the voice actors that, that they chose. Like, I, I think again, these are most, these are a lot of theater people too. So it really does work. Yeah. It's just that it's, it's taking all the wrong lessons from something, right? Like, yeah. Even going from Robin Williams, like Robin Williams, just sheer genius in Aladdin yeah. should not have been a template for anything. Like that's, no. that's a Robin <laughs> no. Williams project, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if anything, that should have told you your movie was probably too weak and you needed Robin Williams to come in and just save this whole premise. Like, because yes. without him, what the hell is that movie? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah, so that's, you know, I think that these are a lot of lessons that come out of the Lion King. Yeah. But the Lion King was very much a product of coming on the back of all these other movies yeah in that you know the the disney animated 
arm hadn't been anything for a long time. And this was a thing that they were making huge, huge hits for years and years and years. The Jungle Book is still adjusted for inflation is one of the 10 highest grossing movies of all time. Like <laughs> they were making gigantic movies. Yeah. And, and for years, they don't do anything. And then Beauty and the Beast gets nominated for Best Picture. Aladdin does 200 in 1992. So wow. that's, that's like a top 50 movie all time at that point. Yeah. And then The Lion King in its original release does something like 320, which wow. I want to say was like fifth. Like it was a it was such a big hit that it's hard to wrap your mind around. <laughs> like, yeah. And I believe stayed that way. I mean, it stayed a top 10 grossing movie of all time until everything went crazy with 3d and in 2010, it seems like everything, everything ends up grossing 300, but yeah, but it was the last traditional Disney movie, hand-drawn Disney movie to even gross 200 million until tangled, which was in 2010. So it's 16 years later. Like that's so crazy. How did, how did the, this might be an unfair thing to put you on the spot for, but how did the live action one do? Oh, (laughs) well, so when they start doing the remakes again, you're now in a whole different era. Like, yeah. The remake, the, the remake mania that overtook Disney with like Maleficent was a hit, but it wasn't like a ridiculous hit. And then they did. I want to say, I think these actually end up in the same order, right? I want to say it was Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, right? In more or less. Yeah, maybe I pretty much ignored the Aladdin remake, so I don't know when yeah. that came out. But they all made a lot of money. Like I want to say the Beauty and the Beast remake did something like four fifty or five hundred. Like it was a gigantic hit. Yeah. And then Aladdin came out in the summer and did like a, I want to say it did 400. Like it made a lot of money, even though I couldn't tell you one thing about that movie. Like I saw it and just completely disregarded it. Did you see it? Did I see it? Yeah. We saw it at the IMAX. No shit. Did we really? Yeah. Oh, that's familiar. And I couldn't tell you anything about it. Like I don't, I remember Will Smith as the genie and it was just ridiculous. And I, I don't remember anything else about that movie. That's right. Um, I I mean, I can kind of pick out pieces of the beauty and the beast movie. Yeah. Um, which I remember I, being a pretty good movie. I remember liking the Beauty and the Beast movie. Yeah. It didn't have any of the songs, right? It doesn't have any of the songs? I don't think so. I can't remember. It must have some of the songs. I thought it had some of the music, but it didn't have the actual performance of the songs. I think that you're thinking of Aladdin. I think Aladdin doesn't have the songs. Oh, really? I could be wrong. There is one of these Disney movies that did this where they didn't do any of the songs. And I don't now think it's either of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think the songs are in both of those movies. Is it the Jungle Book? Does the Jungle Book not have songs? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, we should have had this. the Lion King? <laughs> the Lion King definitely has the songs. Now that's the other. <laughs> so that's the thing. The Lion King remake. I want to is the highest grossing of this group, and I want to say it does something like five fifty or like six hundred million dollars. It was a really? ridiculous size hit, and I couldn't tell you also a single thing about that movie. We saw it at the drive-in, didn't we? We did. We saw it at the drive-in. Yeah. That movie was only two years ago. And I don't remember anything about it. Like, I just remember, like, again, I just completely disregarded it. I was like, eh, this. Okay. Also, can we get over the idea that this is a live action remake of the Lion King? Oh, yeah. It is another animated version of the Lion King. That's it. That's all. Different animation. Yeah. It's more advanced animation, but like, it was completely unnecessary. I, you know, I don't, I don't really want to dwell too much on the remakes because the remakes are just for cash. Like, there's no point in making any of these movies. I don't think any of them add anything. Yeah. The Lion King remake is a full like 40 minutes longer than the original Lion King. Why did they need to do that? Like, what did they add? I don't even know. I think there might be. Are there other songs that maybe were in the Broadway show? Oh, maybe. Oh, yes, that is familiar. But I don't remember liking them. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't don't, remember thinking they were necessary. 
No, um, it, but- it feel, I just assumed it was like that. Those kids who did the shop for shop remake of Indiana Jones. I just figured right. it was like that. Like yeah. it's, it's the exact same movie. Just it was that movie. with all the money. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think that was necessary. I mean, I, again, I think the Maleficent remake was actually kind of interesting, but it takes yeah. a whole different tact. Yeah. So like, it's totally I think different. That, that's okay. That Cinderella. I don't think that has the songs. The one from a couple of years ago. Did we see that? We did. Oh, shit. But I don't remember. Again, like like these, like the Disney. Oh, yes, I remember ones. that. Yes. They're I not sticking that. in the mind. Maybe that's what I keep thinking. Because I keep thinking there's one of these movies. They just didn't do the song. No, one of the big ones didn't. It was either. It was one of these three big ones. I swear didn't do the songs. And I remember being like, why? Why are I, we? Why would I even go see that? I can't believe Beauty and the Beast didn't use the songs. And I'm I... sure Lion King used the songs. So. But I, re- I feel like I remember Will Smith singing Friend Like Me. So I think Aladdin has the songs in it, too. Yeah, I think Beauty and the Beast doesn't have the songs. Colin, I mean, that's ridiculous. Agree. Yeah. I, if I, I am yeah. correct, I'm mad about it. I think you're wrong. And I think it's just that we, <laughs> we don't remember these movies very well. But, um, okay, so to come back to the animated Lion King, which is what we're here to talk about. Yes. Uh, here on The Dealer's Choice. Yes. Yeah, I think we've already established it's neither of our favorite Disney films from this yes. era. Like, I like it, but... I like all of the other Disney movies better Yes, that are right around this time. I, I honestly prefer Hunchback to this movie, and I would probably watch Hercules over this movie, too. So oh. for the 90s, The Lion King is not that high. I, I like yeah. it better than Mulan and Pocahontas. Yep. So there's that. Yep. Fair. But um, how, how is this hold up in your general affection? Uh, is it, is it still, does it still work for you? I think I just like, and this is part of the reason I want to talk about it. Like, I just so deeply remember it being a thing like I remember going to see it I was in this period of time was like the one to two years that I was actually in chorus I was Uh. a music person in middle school and high school but I'm a terrible singer and so I was in chorus with my friends for like one year and we sang a medley of the Lion King so I remember like singing and I was an alto I remember singing those songs and like practicing those songs with my friends at our houses in that that summer like I just remember it being part of my life so I think that's why I like it but in terms of just like the pure like quality of the movie Beauty and the Beast and the Little Mermaid both rank way above it for me I mean, I would say it's comparable-ish with Aladdin. Like, I think Aladdin's a lot more fun, so it's hard to yeah. make the direct comparison. But it's, Aladdin has a lot of narrative problems with it, so I, I could see that they're similar-ish films, comparable yeah. films. And then, you know, for everything that comes afterwards, I think there's similar problems. Like, I think Disney kind of lost its way for a while. And yeah. I don't know that you can make a good case they've ever really come back. All the all the effort really went to Pixar at that point, and Pixar started cranking out masterpieces. But, yeah. you know, I don't know that it really has that. I, I would like you to rank the songs in The Lion King that you can remember. Oh, I mean, we did. We talked about this a little bit at the time because I was always surprised that all the love songs from these movies won Oscars when I think all of those movies had better songs. Like the Beauty and the Beast song, I believe, is the song that won the Oscar from Beauty and the Beast. Right. Yes. Even though I think that Be Our Guest is a way better song. Like, oh, yeah. It's more fun. The Gaston song is great. Like that's that's not a movie with a super abundance of songs, but I still think Be Our Guest is a better song. Potential unpopular opinion. I think the best song in that movie is the opening song. Oh, the the song about the town, the bell song, right? Yeah, the bell yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, that's also a really good song. Love that song. Yeah, and then Aladdin. You've got a whole new world wins the Oscar, which yep. is fine. Like, I, I again, I could still see it, but that's a movie with a lot of good songs. Oh my and, god! You know the fact that a friend like me, or even the Prince Ali song, I think yeah. are just more fun, better songs, right? Yeah. Uh, when you come to Lion King, Lion King has a bunch of songs. And I don't know, at the bottom, I, I don't like 
can you feel the love tonight just is is too schmaltzy metaphor so schmaltzy it's just not anything special especially in a movie that has hakuna matata which is just like <laughs> kind of an all-time classic song now yeah. right circle yeah. of life is this big epic uh, song circle of life is great but like ah be prepared isn't anything yeah. to write home about i just can't wait to be king is oh that's nothing. Great, i love that song yeah. it's so fun I mean, it's fun but yeah. you know yeah that's but like it. You know, honestly, I think it's just I get confused because all of these then had musicals. So they all feel like they have 20 songs, right? (laughs) Like it feels like this is just all expanded out that way. But what would would you have given the Oscar to for? for, uh, Oh, Hakuna Matata. Matata, That's the best song. And yeah, yeah, it's the best song. It's the best uh, kind of plot device in the movie for Mm -hmm. a song, right? Moves the plot forward. And I have a special spot in my heart for Hakuna Matata because it is uh, Joe and his friend Dave's best karaoke song. <laughs> me and me and Munchak did uh, used to do Hakuna Matata at karaoke a couple times, and that was it went over well, as you can imagine. <laughs> it was, that was great, a fun bar song to do. Ah, so good. Uh, when I was in high school, we did a for for class. We had a project where we had to make a movie out of Antigone, the play Antigone, and yeah. so we did Antigone the musical as a movie. We filmed this little short movie. And I don't know if you remember the plot of Antigone, but at the beginning, there's two brothers who are warring yep. and they've killed each other. Yep. And that's how the yep. movie starts. And I had the one guy p- who played one of the one of the brothers. I think it was Eteocles. And he sings, I just can't wait to be king. And it was just kind of, that was my throwaway. <laughs> <laughs> that was my throwaway. So we were just taking bits of songs from different yeah, musicals and stuff. And that's stuff really that good. There. So that was what I had for The Lion King that time. Uh. Well done. So we actually teased this at some other point, I think in the, maybe in the speed episode or just some other point along the way, the Lion King comes out five days after speed does. So is speed the best movie of 1994 or is it not even the best movie released that week? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the real question. Okay. Um, Well, I think, you know, that in that episode, I tried to give speed the best movie ever award and you wouldn't (laughs) let me, um, which which is just, I don't get how you get unilateral decision-making over what the best movie ever is, but it's speed. I, I'm not saying I do. I just felt that <laughs> for like our second episode, you shouldn't immediately give away the whole story. Like, I mean, I stand by it. Nothing that has come up since then has changed my mind. Fair. No, I mean, speed is better than the Lion King. Come on. I know you would say it. I knew you would. Yeah. We're just looking for Pop- opportunities to bring speed back up. Pop quiz, hot shot. Which movie's better? It's speed. <laughs> done because also i mean also that week you've got city slickers 2 oh <laughs> which was released the same day as Great. speed and the jack nicholson uh michelle pfeiffer movie wolf came out uh two days after the lion king same week oh uh, wrong yeah. wrong cat family yeah oh wolves are dogs though sorry it's a werewolf movie if you, you, you oh jack it's a werewolf, a werewolf movie yeah jack nicholson plays a, get that get out of here that's you not a saw, thing. oh we should watch wolf wolf is no. wolf's weird mike nichols directed that movie like it, it has it is a serious pedigree film. I feel like, so this is a little bit putting you on the spot, so you can cut this if you want, but I feel like you would do a great Jack Nicholson as a werewolf impression. Go. <laughs> I cannot do a Jack Nicholson impression. Uh, yeah, I don't, because I, he just like howls at the moon. Like, I don't know what that would, I don't know what that would, uh, that would be. Um, uh, all right, we'll work on that. Come back. Uh, listeners, let us know if you want Joe to do Jack Nicholson as a werewolf. You know, we'll save that for when we, if we get around to the wolf episode, I think okay, that'll fair, be, you know, fair. I think I was real into wolf when it came out because you had 
you know, the Joker and Catwoman now starring in a werewolf movie. And I was like, this is great. This is, <laughs> this is a brilliant idea. Next, next Sarah's dealer's choice. We're just doing, uh, we're doing Wolf. And yeah. uh, I, I'm just, the first thing I'm going to do is ask you to do the impression. So I'll keep working on it in the meantime, see what I can come up yeah. with. So. Thank you. James Earl Jones' importance in this movie, to come back to that. He's the yes. only voice person to appear in both Lion King movies. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Really? <laughs> Like, is that true? They literally recast everybody else, but 90-year-old James Earl Jones was still Mufasa in the new movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like to the point that they were like, well, we can't have anybody else. Like, we got to just do that. So, but yeah, I don't, so again, I don't remember the, the new Lion King animated movie terribly well, but I feel like that also had a ton of movie stars in it. And I just can't, I don't, Donald Glover and like Beyonce and like, I don't know. I don't remember who else was <laughs> did, in that thing. Um, did So Beyonce probably played... Simba's mom, but I would find it much more hilarious if Beyonce actually bounced Moira Kelly from playing Nala. I like think she Nala. did play Nala, but I don't know. Did she? Sure. I think so. Because I think like Angela Bassett maybe played. Oh, what was it? What was his mom's name? Um, uh, uh, nope. No, Sar- it's like Serafina or something. That's oh, Sarabi. Sarabi, thank right. you. But then, like, wasn't like Billy Eichner in it and. Um, <laughs> who is Timon and Pumbaa? Yeah, Billy Eichner, them, right? I think, is one of them. Or was he Zazu? Oh, you know, what? I don't even want to look it up. I just want to guess who was. <laughs> I have no idea. So I completely disregarded that movie. I just did not. Was care. like um, uh, Zach Galifianakis Pumbaa? I think Seth Rogen was Pumbaa. Oh, that makes sense. I think yeah. that's right. Um, I was in the. I was in the arena. Yeah, I was close enough. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I just think it was funny that James Earl Jones is the only one, but like, he's literally 90, like he's, and he's still just, they're like, yeah, bring him in. We'll re-record. Did they just use the original audio? Did they even re-record anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What if they just use the original audio? Yeah. That would be amazing. I mean, honestly, stand by it. Like who else yeah. could play Mufasa? Nobody else. Nobody yeah. else can play Mufasa. Yeah. And you know, honestly, JTT should have played adult Simba. I'm just saying yes, that would agree. have made sense. I don't know what that guy's doing. He's available. He's like a genius. Get out of here. Uh, no, I swear to God. He's like a, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but he's like a Mayim Bialik type where he just is really smart. He's like in yeah. school or something. Okay. Maybe we can get him on the show to talk about <laughs> astrophysics or whatever he does now. Listeners, uh, tell JTT we'd like him to come talk about the Lion King. If you've looked, just looked over and JTT is there, just tell him what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> See if he comes over. <laughs> I'm sure you're at like a Starbucks and he's just there chilling. So. Yeah. Doing some uh, study. Something. All right. So I believe that there have been something like 60 Disney animated movies, 50, okay. somewhere yep. in there. I want you to name all of those movies. That's how we're <laughs> going to go out. That's how we're oh, going out. No, big. that is a terrible task to give me. You can do it. You can name name all the, the animated movies you can think of Disney wise. I think you could do it. I, I'm confident that you've got this. You watched a lot of animated kid movies when you were a kid. I can't believe you're going to make me do this in front of our listeners. But you got to come up with like the weird ones too, like like Saludos Amigos and you know Fun and Fancy Free. Go, d- go deep in the bag. You're just giving me a couple. This is going to be terrible. Recall memory is not my thing. You know that. That's true. I thought I was just going to get to sing the Circle of Life, and that's how we were going to go out. But it Oof. seems like you're not into that. I think after you said how you uh, are not much of a singer, I think everyone on the podcast agreed. Like we shouldn't have you sing any more songs. You sang Oklahoma that one time, and it was not good. Oh come on. <laughs> I just I thought we had an implicit agreement. That's how we were going to get to do the outro. But apparently I'm going to have to exercise my recall memory, which is rude, but I I will do it. All right. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, 
Well, uh, thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning one, the, in. The one with the I hope this has been Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. She's got dwarfs. I hope you're not too big a Lion King um, fan okay, and you're now was, offended. There was Beauty and the Beast. I hope you're not too big a Disney fan and you're not offended by what Sarah's doing over there. Her recall memory is bad, but I think it's entertaining. I, I guess it, it creates kind of a fun. Both of the Rescue movies. Is this anything? Movies, which Are we still doing this? Different from the Nim know. movies, which were not. Me, I'll, I'll let you in on a hint. She so misses Dumbo and so Pinocchio. I'm just saying. Count. She didn't even what mention Bambi. After the Lion King. Oh, right. We talked about this. Pocahontas. Thanks, everybody. Other ones. Um, all right. Let me go back a little bit further. Joe wanted the obscure ones. Oh, 101 Dalmatians. Love that movie. Um, I don't know. I think there were more with these. Um, this has been It Happened oh, One Mickey Year. Mouse? Please take a minute to rate us on Apple so. Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Um, Please follow us okay. on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you there listen were other, to oh, did I say Also, Beauty? follow I did. us on all Oops. relevant social media. Uh, I'm gonna Thanks. That one. Um, okay, what about other animals? Uh, no, I'm done. <laughs> That was that was bad. This is just what I'm hoping for. I just want you riffing <laughs> and just saying things like ones with other mice. 